Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. That was a tough one. And considering these guys, Pascal, 44 minutes, basically. OG, 43. Fred, 42. These guys are playing a lot of basketball. And to lose, that's really tough, you know? It, it's really, you cannot speed up Luka Doncic. And the Raptors' defensive scheme is completely predicated on being able to speed up players into mistakes into shots they're uncomfortable with, and into situations where the Raptors, on the other side of things, can run out. And they did a just a fantastic job, honestly. Like, poor Zingas finished with 18, but he was significantly sped up. The five turnovers, that was a product of the Raptors' defense in this one. They did an awesome job. Awesome. Blitzing, stunting, loading up on him to create turnovers, to put him in awkward positions and stuff like that. Very, very good. Doreen Finney-Smith, Jalen Brunson. Brunson was pretty good when he got to get downhill. But as far as like attacking closeouts and stuff, I didn't find that he was very effective. And like Maxi Kleba, obviously, he didn't do very good either. The the one guy who is so determined to shoot the ball, Tim Hardaway Jr., obviously, 16.7 of 10 shooting. He's the least surprising guy because there's no indecision in his game. He's a very decisive player. He's a, you know, he he's a very decisive scorer for a long time. And now that skill set next to Luca, it makes a lot of sense, especially when they use him as a screener. All that being said, you do not speed up Luka Doncic. He reads the game at an incredible level. You know, he decelerates better than anybody else in the NBA now that James Harden is a little bit older. If he's going downhill, he can turn a drive that usually takes like 0.6 seconds to be completed by other players that the rotation is simple. You take two steps over, you can test the shot. Luca can turn that drive into a three-second drive, all while still maintaining his downhill momentum and while still surveying for where are your rotational mistakes and is there a lane to the bucket? Can I get free throws? Can I do whatever, right? He's not going to shoot four of 10 from three every game. He did in this game. In fact, he's not going to shoot 11 of 12 from the line in every game. He did in this game. But the Raptors, once again, their defensive scheme fails to keep Luka penned in. It just, 
They can't do it. He reads it perfectly. He makes the perfect decisions. He finds gaps for passes or for drives or any other opportunity. And he he tore him apart. 41 points, 14 boards, 7 assists. It was a cakewalk for him. He was smiling. He was enjoying himself. And so, okay, let's take a beat to talk about the weird defensive possession for Scotty on Doncic. It was 96-97. They were down one. Doncic gets him. Dribble move. Like, Scotty is off his spot. Doncic is going into his patented step back. The same move that he's hit game winners with in the playoffs, right? It's a great move. He's very on balance for it. Scotty didn't contest. He he got got, and then he just quit on the play and walked away. Now, this is also something he did against the Heat when Butler got the blow by. And as I said in that podcast, Scotty was supposed to rotate to the corner because Boucher had to make that help side rotation. He had to come stop Butler. Scotty just quit on the play in that game. And then in this game, he quit on this one. Now, by all counts, Scotty, great young man, very like super lovable, very good. No, no type of uh, armchair psychology from me. That's just odd. Now, there's nothing attached to that. That is an oddity to see happen. There could be a million reasons for it. I just, yeah, that is that is strange to see in back-to-back games. But as I said, Scotty has nothing but goodwill and is loved and is super nice and everything like that. Everybody on the team loves him. So I'm not, there's no digging in on that. He could have tweaked something on these plays, right? He's been dealing with tendonitis in his knee, all that kind of stuff. Who knows? Maybe there'll be quotes about it after the game or whatever. But it was odd, but I, I don't know if I would read into it too much. Just let these things play out, you know. Things are odd sometimes. But I guess we could start with Scotty's game then. And with the, the highlight of the game, obviously, was his mid-range jumper on Luca. I think with two minutes left or three minutes left in the game, got to the mid-post, kind of, you know, as I described in that big piece I wrote about him, like that muscular frog bouncing around, hop-stepping his way into the paint and eventually got to that midi and hit it. Fantastic shot, obviously. But overall in this game, he really did struggle to create anything off the bounce against the Mavericks. And some of that is that he wasn't being utilized as a super dynamic player. But when he was, the returns were middling or non-existent. So the Raptors, they went away from it. They're trying to win these games. I mean, obviously... They're playing a seven-man rotation. It, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, the last game it was six-man. They're very, very obviously trying to pursue wins, and they don't care currently if Scotty is getting the 12 pick-and-roll possessions a game that maybe would boost his development. That, that seems like that's where that's at. Does it matter that much? Will Scotty be missing these possessions, you know, three years from now? I'm not sure. Who knows what it's going to look like? But it was a muted game offensively for him. And defensively, he had the unenviable position of guarding Luka Doncic for a lot of possessions. And that obviously was so that the Raptors, because they knew Luka, maybe they thought, right? Like, I'm imagining trying to sit in Nick Nurse's shoes that, okay, how do we stop this, you know, Mavericks team as a whole? Okay, well, Luka's going to beat anybody we put on him. Who are the best people in response to contain that advantage? And so that takes Pascal out of it right away. Pascal is the best on the team at court coverage, and he gets to spots that are really difficult to get to, and especially then. His defense has been on such a level lately, and again, it was in this one. So Pascal is there to erase mistakes 
and solve problems defensively. OG is a thick, thick boy who has hung with bigs in playoff series before, not in a traditional way, but in a nuanced OG Ananobi novel way. And so he was on Kristaps Porzingis. And now that I step away from it and the initial like, ugh, you know, Scotty's getting burned by Lucas so often. Once I step away from it, I'm able to say maybe that was the best plan. And clearly, you know, as I talked about earlier in the podcast, you look at what happened with the rest of the Dallas players and you say it kind of worked. Luca was just very, very special tonight. And the four for 10 from three, the 11 to 12 from the line, Luca just put on a show. And the Raptors, I don't think they made it easy on him. It's just really tough to stop him, especially with their scheme, especially since they're not always throwing a guy like OG or Pascal at him, right? In some cases, it was Justin Champagny. In some cases, it was Fred Van Vliet. And Luca had no problem backing down Fred Van Vliet. Like, Fred can stop a lot of guys in their tracks. Luca is not one of them. He's going to post you up and he's going to get to a winning situation. And then Scotty. So the defense actually in this game, I was pretty happy with. It was just the offense where it followed the same thing that's been going on for, you know, maybe like the last six games, five games. The Raptors of the seven guys they're playing, three of them shoot threes well in this current run of form. Two of them have shot threes well on the season. The The third, like, you know, flex spot is Chris Boucher. And, and maybe you want to include Pascal in there, but Pascal was 0 for 2 from tonight, and he didn't look like he was that interested in taking triples. I mean, he, he airballed on one of them, I think. Maybe it caught the right side of the, the rim. I'm not, I'm not super sure, but it wasn't particularly close. And so Fred... And especially since, you know, the the Mavericks blitz on ball a lot of the time, especially when you have guys like Finney Smith or Kleba and Brunson and guys like that, you want to throw them at the ball handler and see what they can make happen. They have the, I think they're either third or fourth in defensive rating this year. They've been a super, super strong defensive team. And especially over this past like 11, 10 game stretch, they've been awesome. You know, the broadcast talked about it quite a bit, Amy Audubon and um, Matt Devlin. Well, especially Amy, right? And so this is this is a team that was really, really prepared to hone in on the Raptors' weaknesses. And so the Raptors went to what they've been doing comfortably the last few games is really leaning on Pascal and OG to try and create off the bounce with Fred running a lot of stuff off ball and doing so to enhance the spacing in the half court. Uh, quite a few times you could see in this game, as they did against Phoenix, as they did against Milwaukee, they give the ball up to OG either in the post and they try and go empty side and just let them work, or they give them the ball and give them an empty side pick and roll just because they want to give, you know, Pascal an opportunity to perhaps attack a closeout. And especially with Fred there, you know, if you get Pascal and Fred on the same side of the floor, you can run actions with them in a pinch. You could just go into a dribble handoff with them, make it a little bit more complicated on the second side, and you get to give OG an opportunity quote-unquote, work, right? And OG was pretty promising in this game off the bounce, especially when he was attacking closeouts in this game. There's been a lot of conversation, you know, in the Raptors fan base, and especially if you're on Raptors Twitter, maybe you've seen it lately, but uh, OG Ananobi as just a 3 and D guy. And in this game, you know, the Mavericks really wish he was because he buckled their defense when he attacked a closeout. Those long limbs, big dribbles, he was getting to the bucket, he was finishing. That's why I finished with 19 points in this game. 
And he probably could have stood to have a couple more trips to the line, but them's the breaks, right? And that's where Pascal as well, pretty good off a live dribble in this one. And (laughs) this is something that's been so impressive over the past however many games is that the spacing has been terrible. And Pascal has still been willing himself to the rim and to the free throw line. And especially in a game like tonight where, man, the Mavericks really loaded up. I, the Raptors finished 8 of 32 from downtown in this one. 8 of 32. 25%. And Fred, 3 of 15. That is so tough to score when the team knows you are so strapped for shooting that they can dig in and they can sit with one foot in the paint. They can just hang out and dare guys to shoot on you. And say, if you come in here, you're going to get smacked or stonewalled or anything. So you better be slithery. You better segment segment your drives for the three second rule, or for when the you know to kind of outfox these dig downs and all that kind of stuff. And Pascal continues to do that at an extremely difficult and high level over these past games. Was he perfect in this one? No. The shot making seven for eighteen. It, it could have stood to be a little bit better, but he also hit quite a few difficult shots. Like if if you ask Pascal on what kind of shots he took tonight, is seven of eighteen where you want to be? Definitely not. But seven of eighteen wasn't a crippling performance from him. In fact, on you know numerous occasions, he kept the offense afloat through his willingness to drive or just quite frankly shoot a mid-range jumper to punish a defense that was sagging. And he did a good enough job in this game. Had other things gone the Raptors' way, uh, Pascal's performance, you know, could have been aided by those, you know, that help, and he could have had more driving lanes. And defensively, he was he was tremendous in this game. So OG and Pascal, both as far as defensively decision making, um, really stood out to me as as positives. Pascal had five turnovers in the first half, zero in the second. The first half turnovers were really, really weird because some of that, you know, there were a couple times he got himself into trouble. Left his, like classic Pascal turnover, left his feet, didn't have quite enough pop to get it out to the corner. It ended up in a steal. But a couple of those turnovers were Precious kind of blowing up his spot offensively and making it so that he had to navigate Precious as well and stuff like that. Really, really tough. And that, that was the thing about Precious in this game. As I've said many times on this podcast, he is absolutely essential to what the Raptors do defensively. In this game, less so because Boucher was in the midst of a very, very strong defensive game, for the record. like Boucher really brought it on the defensive end. I thought he was very crisp, especially relative to what you expect of Boucher. And then offensively, he's giving you 15, 12, three steals. Boucher was great, and that's why Boucher played the same amount of minutes as Precious. That's, you know, that's why they got to get away with that. That's why he played more minutes than Scotty in this one. And so, but Precious in the first half, really, really, he negated a lot of advantages for players on the Raptors. And I had a tweet about this, and I'll just, I'll read it out verbatim because I think it is like the exact thing. Is that cutting is always about finding soft spots. Or mirroring drives to maintain passing lanes, forming up off of guys, right? You always want to be an option. You cut with purpose. If you don't, you're just making things more difficult for on-ball players. And that's what Precious was doing in the first half. It was really tough to watch 
And that's the thing is like you see teams, and this is why Scotty had so much success in that game against the Heat as the high-low, you know, the recipient of the high-low pass from Pascal is that Scotty was doing such a good job of finding soft spots, of being the opposite, you know, power to Pascal's drives that the Heat were so busy figuring out, okay, this is how we contend with Pascal, that he was able to slip through the cracks. Precious sometimes would just cut into the paint indiscriminately. Like, they cleared out the whole weak side for OG. OG was really deep in the paint, and I believe he had Tim Hardaway Jr. on him, who he had dominated earlier in the paint in the game. It was a really good matchup. Precious cut from the 45 when the paint was full. So he wasn't cutting into space to get like a dump off pass. And then he cut behind OG, forcing OG middle into the paint if he wanted to score because he would have turned into a defender if he wanted to drop step. OG ended up passing up to Champagne. He missed a three. But that type of offensive decision making is super, super poor. And it wasn't just limited to that. You know, there's a the one play where Pascal was driving in and Precious and Champagne from the 45 and from the corner both made the cut to the basket. So all the defenders converged. And at that point, if Pascal's driving in and there are arms from defenders and stuff like that, you want to be able to go up and make the long pass, the safe pass, because otherwise you're going through this tree of arms. And when Champagne and Precious both cut in, you make it extremely difficult to find the safe outlet from that situation, especially when you're collapsing a defense and creating these wide open shots. You don't want to have to find and go through this maze of trees. That's what I mean. And that's why it's so difficult to kind of navigate those situations. That was tough to see. <sighs> yeah. And, and Fred, I really do commend Fred for the work he puts in. He, the minutes played the you know the the role changed somewhat to be a little bit more off ball to be the guy who has to take it on the chin and does fred want to be taking 15 threes in a game i don't think he does i don't think that his shot total 20 you know 18 points on 20 shots i don't think that's representative of what he wants to be doing i think that there's a team that has little to no shooting on it that says you're a great shooter keep hoisting them up. We need to have some semblance of spacing. And he he is the sacrificial lamb for the, the shortcomings of the Raptors' offensive, offense currently. And Pascal and OG are doing great in their roles. I, I really do think they are. And Fred has the toughest role to acclimate to because he still has those on-ball reps. He still has to try and beat hedges and blitzes and stuff like that and still created 12 buckets for his teammates in this one. And on top of that, you know, Three of 15 from the three-point line is not going to get anybody to a good spot, but seven of eight from the free-throw line got downhill a couple times. You know what I mean? There's a lot of work put in tonight by Fred, and while it didn't look pretty, he has a really difficult role right now offensively. And, you know, even though Brunson did get the best of him a couple times on defense, uh, yeah, Fred, this was not his best performance, but the the minutes seem to be adding up, and he has a, a really tough role on offense right now. Reggie Evans Award, obviously it, it couldn't be anybody else except for Chris Boucher. I mean, the compete level over this past month and a half has just been awesome. You know, he doesn't rebound or he doesn't help out on the defensive glass as much as Precious. And he doesn't contest quite as well as Precious. But tonight, he was so good defensively that he really was helping out that gap. And but also, you know, you look down the stretch, 
it's not just Boucher either. It's just that he isn't the complete solve to their defensive rebounding woes. You know, in, in clutch time, the Raptors have not been rebounding, you know, closing out defensive possessions very well at all. Their offense has actually been quite crisp, quite good in clutch time. It's just those those extra possessions that teams are getting on them, really tough to swallow, especially when the, the outcome is like three points, right? That's really, really tough to swallow. And that's something we keep seeing happen to this team. But man, yeah, Chris Boucher, I thought his compete level was awesome tonight. You know, and defensively, I thought there was a lot of strong decision making, a lot of great rotations. And, you know, offensively, he had so much. He really does. I think he had five offensive boards tonight. And there's, yeah, his hustle is palpable. You feel it, you see it, and it's very much a positive on the Raptors right now. Top quick reaction comment from Dick Whitman, quote, can't keep making six, seven guys carry the whole load. These guys are killing themselves, end quote. Yeah, man, I, I'm i in complete agreement with that. I had said, you know, for Nick Nurse in his, because I did the grades for tonight. Wow, I mean, who did the grades for tonight? You know, they're they're all so good. They're all so fantastic. I, they're perfect. But I had said that until you get a quote from a player saying they can't keep doing this, it's tough to say Nurse's rotation is pushing too hard because we're doing that according to like precedent. We say, this looks different. You don't do this in January. You do this in like game seven. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Mike Budenholzer wouldn't even play Giannis more than 36 minutes in, you know, game six being eliminated by the Raptors in 2019, right? Like, and the Raptors... Pascal and Fred, especially, are eclipsing 40 every single night. Every single daggum night. And, you know, Pascal had that quote about it the other day where he's like, yeah, we're young. You know, we have the legs for it. You know, we, we think we, we feel good. It's like, man, do you? Really? That's crazy. Your guys' fitness is out of this world, but are you not feeling the side effects? Like, that 3 of 15 performance from Fred, is that not legs being gone? Like just the totality of all these minutes? And we're not part of the team, right? And if you ask them, like Pascal was asked, if you asked Nick, he said, well, I feel good about the guys out there. It's like, man, if nobody's going to answer and say, yeah, I'm beat as hell. Like this, this is tough. I don't know if my body can do this. What the hell do you say, right? Except that we haven't seen this before and it seems like a lot. It's tough though, man. It's uh yeah. But I, I agree with you. I, I don't think it's sustainable. Yeah, I, is it reckless? I don't know, but it's it's it it just can't be sustainable unless these guys are the most unique athletes in the world. You know, <laughs> like the Lance Armstrongs of the NBA, I guess without uh the PEDs. Seven player rotation. I guess it's better than six. <laughs> What a world, man. Anyway, thanks for writing in, Dick. And uh, yeah, listener, thanks for tuning in, whether you got into it in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.